0: Well, well, well. This is Mr. People, People like Dr.
1: I'm full of shit. In what way are we full of shit? Which one of us has the PhD? People like
0: games. That's fucking outstanding.
1: What's up, what's up? And welcome to episode 68 of People Like Games. People like games. I'm Solo. And I'm love. And you are, as usual, tuned in to the best damn podcast in the gaming industry. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Pew pew, baby, let's go. Let's go. It has been a week off that was sort of accidental, but overlapped with a few things. And so, uh, before we get into that, this being our first episode since Smash to Smash, we want to say thank you to everyone who came out, everyone who uh, played in the tournament, everyone who just attended everything. Uh, It was great. Shout out to Beezus, obviously, for helping everything. Oh, hell yeah. And you know, it was fun. It was great. Uh, You know, we really enjoyed it. And, you know, it was our uh, you know, Springboard to a lot of new things that we're going to be Mm -hmm. doing, which... Do tell. Do tell, What do you mean? Pause, pause, pause. The people have found a partner, and... We did what? What? We have... That's right. ...are happy. We, the people, the good old folks... Are happy the Junto Let's squad. <laughs> there we go. A one crew. get it. Get it. Let's get it. AKA, AKA AKA. Uh are happy to announce we are uh partnering with Microsoft to host the Sunday Fun Day Rocket League tournament at the Microsoft like the store and at the Walt Whitman. Uh, shopping mall in Huntington, New York. So yes, yes, yes. As per usual, the tickets are on Eventbrite. Check it out. We're going to have uh, a lot of cool just posters on, you know, that we're just going to be posting. Which actually, let me let me pause before Social I get
0: getting the a shout phrase out. Phrase
1: further because we're 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 p- going perilously into per- getting perilously close to oh, the. Actually, playing sound So now that we've gotten it together, the socials, like I was just saying, at people like games is the Instagram. Check it out. The Twitters, at people like games. That's basically everything. So long story short, uh, at Lilo, P- <laughs> <laughs> at Lilo PLG, there uh, go. at Bezos PLG, at my um, plan to get into <laughs> a. <laughs> That was Uh, relatively smooth,
0: uh, I guess. For people who know you, maybe not so much. But uh, but no one knows. um, Where can we find the podcast? You are obviously listening to it already, but still.
1: We can find it. As I was saying, I don't have a Twitter. I'll get around to it eventually. I'm a I'm a I just I can't I don't I can't care enough I just can't you know it just doesn't come or, I do have a you Twitter already have one. but you already have if one. you know me you know where it is and if you don't I don't have a Twitter yet anyway uh, you can also find the show Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Play or Google Podcast I, I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. Uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, basically everywhere except for Tidal, which we'll get to eventually. And enough of my week off rambling. Over to Lilo for a little bit of
0: the talk, baby. The table of contents. What can you expect this episode Well, you're gonna get the quickscope because that's the standard that's what we're bringing here it's quick scope of the industry of this past week the week of the sixth all right and really it's gonna be the past two weeks because we did have some extra news that we foraying into follow that up and uh we will have a little of solos something or another he likes to dive into a little bit of topics whatever they might be so stay tuned for that after that you're gonna get my game spotlight and this game spotlight is actually going to be a gaming spotlight it's not necessarily a game specifically but it is about games in general and stay tuned wrapping this all up with our uh patented not patented our staple of the podcast the final lap and the final lap topic this week will be nintendo ports one port in particular that we are looking for and really recent news that nintendo has dropped that everyone has already heard about but we want to give you our two cents all right so without further ado solo i'm bringing it back to the top why don't we start this mo freaking
1: scope baby and this was a story that we debated whether we had covered in the past. Uh, I don't know if it's one of those situations where I read it and thought we covered it or we covered it and I couldn't find it. (laughs) I blame our producer, which, come on, use a better search function. But anyway, Super League Gaming has uh, decided to go public and its initial uh, IPO uh, occurred while we were away uh, on February 26th, they uh, debuted to $11 a share but fell about 20%. If you don't recall, in their prospectus about what they do, they mentioned the fact that they don't make money and all they do is lose money. And so basically, they are a, or Super League Gaming operates an in person and online amateur esports event as well as for leagues and titles like league of legends minecraft clash royale uh it just gives sort of the community a chance to get into competitive gaming like the pros and apparently it uses proprietary technology to transform things into esports arenas it doesn't really have a, a viable business model which is going to be something i will touch on a little later in Soap as well but uh It's only it didn't make sense for it to go public. It said it needed the money to be able to expand its offerings. But that doesn't necessarily tie into an ability to create money, which is something that's become an issue in esports, especially as bigger investors come in and put in serious money. You always need that, you know, ROI. And if you're not familiar with that term, return on investment, which If you are given dough, you better get the damn dough back. And if you don't, they're going to stop giving it to you. But anyway, what can you do? Because sometimes, you know, companies just, you know, they, they just are done with what they had and they just need to figure out something new to do.
0: New Something new to do, and I'm going to take that carrot and run with it. Thank you, Solo. Uh, if you're talking about something new, there's an old name that's getting into new business, just like what Solo is talking about, and this is actually a blast from the past. This is the company Mattel. If you don't know who Mattel is, they've made wonderful board games like Uno and other Monopoly games and um things of that nature, but they also have other brands like Hot Wheels and they own Barbie and shit like that. So Mattel has actually made some news because they're planning to delve into video games and not just video games because they do have some games out there. They're planning on delving into original IP. And that's the biggest thing. So um, Mattel actually joined uh, joined up, <clears throat> excuse me, with a Chinese corporation called NetEase, as you might know. We currently have over 100 employees, 60 of them in uh, China and the rest of them in the United States in Los Angeles. They released a wonderful game that you might know called Uno on Facebook Messenger. And... <laughs> Within twenty-four hours, Facebook Messenger had a hundred or one million users who were playing Uno. And it was that popularity that drove Mattel to rethink their growth and realize that video games could be the next source of revenue for the company. So they're planning on branching into the games division heavily and or games, you know, industry heavily, and they have a specific games division now developed. They're planning on releasing three to four different IPs a year and utilizing their names like Hot Wheels and Barbie as the baseline for these new topics. I think that's craziness. And Digital conta gunshire T B D some fun facts about Mattel though. Just like like I said, within twenty four hours, their Uno game on Facebook had a million users. They have currently topped out at fifteen million users who have played Uno. I think that's Bonkers. That's just ridiculous. And the power of nostalgia as we like to talk about here, like it comes back in. There's actually, you can literally Twitch people playing Uno competitively. It's insane. Like there's a big following for Uno and some of the matches are crazy. They've obviously added crazy new rules into Uno and like, it's not just take five. It's like switch cards with the person next to you or take four. Wow. Well, was those terrible? Draw four. Really? Man, get your Uno facts right, Lilo. What the fuck are you doing? But, uh, Yeah, you're gonna see new names in the business. Questionable, maybe. Nostalgia, popularity, yes, companies will capitalize on that and I think that's exactly what's happening
1: here, so. Which, speaking Um, of capitalizing on. Ooh. Let's take ourselves to Indiana for (laughs) our next story, because. everyone
0: will definitely go there, let's go.
1: (laughs) And if you were not familiar with the Cones of Dunshire reference, then Going to Indiana for our next story in Pawnee, which actually, just kidding, it's not Pawnee. Anyway, uh, this story is actually about uh, legislation that uh, aims to legalize video game terminals in Indiana, and so basically, uh, they wanted the uh, communities, businesses, etc., in Indiana to benefit from gaming, and. One way they decided to do that was to we video game terminals, which, if you're not familiar with, are basically little computer in tables and like stands in bars and restaurants, etc. Where you can play electronic versions of games like blackjack and poker, etc. It's sort of fun. You can win credits that you can redeem for cash, etc. It's not fun. It's it's actually really fun and it's really addicting and. Under the guise, yes, of, it is addicting. It is addicting. It's really addicting, and so they expect a lot of money to come from it. And with gaming becoming a buzzword, uh, there's no doubt in my mind we'll see a lot of this. Um, and we've mentioned on the show before how betting on sports has now become more or less legalized in the sense that it's not federally illegal anymore so it's up to the states again and so mm-hmm. for the most part it's legal again because it's legal in Vegas so and this is gambling too and it's this is gambling too form. and so expect a lot more of this but uh I'm curious to see if um this trend will fall cuz for sure gambling is following but they're also outlawing every other sort of vice so it's like gamble but do not do this, that, and the other, and it's like boy, you can't offer <laughs> right? gambling and then be like, Well, hookers are bad, and it's like, Well, come on, man, <laughs> <laughs> not hookers, not <laughs> hookers. This is fine. I mean, it's like, I'm trying to gamble, do I want to drink, yeah. I was smoking here with my hooker, and but no, no, you can't, like, they all go here, no, you can't because come on. freedom's not I free, want my bro, cake and I want to eat it seriously, but uh, this is going to be more of the uh, vice. Digit the, the capitalization on digital vices and so the way that people yeah. use yeah, yeah. the example of loot boxes being psychologically addicting these games have an underlying similar mechanism in the way it's presented it's in, in, the in the design exactly. it's like you know there's a reason they ban Using like animal mascots to sell cigarettes. That's why you don't see Joe Camel anymore because they're like, oh, that's going to work on them So if you design it a certain way, your brain is going to react a certain way. That's just science. You can't avoid it And so
0: it's for kids. Yeah
1: by nature of doing that, it's very exploitative and so Why not expand it? It makes a lot of money. What can you do? It is a, a utter fail
0: It's an utter fail and on that note, let's talk about another story, that's another fail. This utter failure. <sighs> Just this is an actual big sigh. This is predicted. it's actually a sigh of relief. It's predicted. a sigh of relief for me because so and I, we be preaching about consumer's responsibility in games. You don't want to pre-order games piece of shit. You don't want to do that. You're giving a company money even though you, you don't know the quality of the game and so being respected or Being smart consumers, we waited to hear about this game, and lo and behold, things like this were happening. What am I talking about? I'm talking about fucking Anthem. And what's happening? Well, Anthem did not receive the stellar reviews that people were expecting to out of the box, and we kind of knew that. After playing the demo, people were a little confused about the progression. People were not understanding about um, sort of... Uh, the loot box scenario and the cosmetic items, and how much you had to grind to get the certain things that you wanted, and really just about the game mechanism in, in general. I'm no doubt that it's fun. Just watching the gameplay, it seems like it would be a fun game, but the other parts about a game don't make it fun. This added factor, however, definitely just uh, is the cherry on top of the cake that is the failure that I believe Anthem can be. Um, If you haven't played Anthem, there's been stories going around and multiple Reddit threads actually about how Anthem actually crashes your fucking console, crashes your PS4 console to be specific, and that a number of users have reported this issue. If you're playing the game, sometimes it's as if the cord has been pulled in your system and your whole PS4 shuts off. Doesn't happen for any other game, just for Anthem. That's very strange. Other people have been playing the game and then get booted back to the main screen and Anthem is shut down as if the Application actually closed itself, and then one user actually reported that their system was bricked entirely. That seems to be an outlier, I'll be honest, compared to the majority of users. But at the same time, if you do know what I mean, breaking a console means it doesn't fucking work anymore. It is literally <laughs> broken, and so that's that's aggressive. And the fact that he was playing Anthem doesn't add credence to EA's uh, whole reputation. It's just like, huh. I was playing one game in particular that people are having problems with and is shutting off PS4s and mine doesn't work anymore. Coincidence? I think not. Uh, EA has actually acknowledged the issue on its support forums, including on Reddit, and has tried to address these concerns. If you're one of those users, they urge you to report your diagnostics so they can try to troubleshoot it down. They haven't figured out what the hell's going on, but they have offered refunds for the game for anyone who's bringing attention to the issue if you don't want to play it anymore long story short Anthem is fucking destroying consoles. And I'm telling you, if you're a smart consumer, you should have waited. If you're playing it, honestly, let us know how you feel. I'll be uh, posting on Reddit about Anthem in general. I'm actually, that's a question I have to the community to see what the reactions are a few weeks out, a few weeks later. And agreed, oh, man.
1: And on I the the a unsurprising note, uh, Uh, this is very predictable i think they they promised a lot more than they were able to deliver Mm -hmm. and it's just sort of another disappointing example of paying 60 dollars for a game that's a work in progress and then it's more polished versions then end up being sold to you as dlcs instead of what should have been naturally part of the game in the first place and so who yep, you yep, inevitably yep, yep. end up they end up spacing out the development of the game over dlcs now knowing that okay if we're not going to put in loot boxes then we can just keep selling dlcs as a means to like the spider-man dlc is 25 dollars. i spent 50 dollars mm-hmm. on the game why am i paying half the price of the game for four extra missions it yeah. it, it, it you know what i mean economically i doesn't make sense but I'm sure they're going to make a shitload of money, so it doesn't matter because
0: they're they already a whole bunch made of users. a ton of money. But it's just anyway. interesting this release versus a game like Apex Legends. Apex released, and don't, don't get me wrong. Like first things first, I recognize they're vastly different games. One is a pretty much like an MMO RPG, at least where it's supposed to be like Destiny. It's supposed to be playing. It's got a lot more complexity to it, but. This has been in development for a while. You got consumer feedback. You got betas. You got all this stuff. Apex has been in-house. No one's known about it. And then all of a sudden they released and there's no bugs. It's not breaking down. It's running smoothly from the get-go. It's ready to, you know, perform well. And it has been. And that's the significance of 50 million users. But this has been advertised for two and a half years, three years. And it still is fucked up. And it's doing things like breaking consoles. Like, what? Makes no sense. And so those are just two different aspects in my mind that, like, it solidifies why I'm upset with Anthem. And there what needs to EA be a story on, the on consumers.
1: how there was another failure with them. But what can you do? They still, as I said, made a shitload of money, and that sort of brings us to our next story, which was touching on what I had mentioned with regards to being profitable. Uh, this was uh, an interview with the CEO of Team Liquid. Uh, if you're not familiar. Uh, his name is Steve Ar- Arnes Arsenet. I don't know how to pronounce that. Arset. And so basically, the basic premise of his interview, which was actually a really great analysis of the industry, was that uh, a lot of owners are going to be selling stakes in team organizations in the future. And the reason for that is that. A lot of the investors that are not endemic which means that they haven't been part of esports for a number of years or sort of part of the uh the scene as it built come in and they put in money and then when it's time when they see like okay a team like cloud nine has a lot of you know uh let's say digital awareness now i'm going to put a lot of money into them wait a second i'm not necessarily getting that money back what's the issue it's usually like he said, the inability to get sponsorship, the inability to get the right media deals, the inability to create monetizable, you know, verticals. And that's an issue Super League Gaming is having. And it's an issue a lot of esports organizations have. And it sort of goes to show that in esports, there's becoming like a strict hierarchy of a lot of the money, and it's the same way you could see it on Twitch. Twitch is sort of like a microcosm of the whole larger industry or what's occurring. Initially, it was, hey, look, there's 30, 40 streamers that are really great or 50 streamers, everyone will look. Now it's, here's 12. And these are the streamers and everyone else is sort of like sprinkled amongst. And so with this, it's like here are the like dozen teams that are the teams. And to break into that, it's like difficult. Do you know what I mean, how do you, once that hierarchy establishes itself and that establishes itself by nature of the amount of money that are put into the teams, it right. becomes difficult Initially. if you're a lower team to break in. But that's only if you don't do it right. And, you know, it's a good, it's a good analysis. It will show that people, or people, uh, companies will be a bit stricter with, their investments if for esports in particular Um, but what can you do if you don't go about these things right you are the same as everyone else
0: yep and you're gonna lose a lot of money whole lot of money day yeah and um, although this isn't like a whole lot of money this relates to our next story in that this company has lost money based on the things that they have done in the past the very recent past and that is activision has recognized that they have lost officially 164 million dollars worth of revenue after giving up rights to destiny so uh if you don't remember we covered uh, a month or so or two months or so ago actually three months ago like that was last season actually technically technically last season there was a split between Bungie and Activision. Bungie, the developers of Destiny and Destiny 2, also the original Halo trilogy. And then Activision, they own um, Blizzard. They also own all the Black Ops, Call of Duty, that kind of stuff. But um, <laughs> the most recent SEC filing by Activision shows that the uh, Activision has recognized $164 million in revenue lost last year as a result, as a result sorry of a mutually agreed upon termination of partnership okay um this is also in conjunction with the fact that they actually cut 800 employees from their restructuring plan after they released all of uh, bungie's assets to them it was uh, interesting moves by them they reported in the same report that uh, they recognized in the same report rather two investors that their restructuring plan will negatively affect the business, but they were going through it with anyway, and it's just it's just craziness. It's craziness. Um, it's nice to know that there is a number associated with how much they lost, especially with Destiny Two. But bringing this up is just recognizing that companies make decisions, and obviously. This was a negative one for them in terms of revenue loss but ultimately i hope for gamers it is a positive one where bungie is now on its own they can set their own direction set their own course and as a fan of what they can bring to the gaming universe i am excited so this money is sort of just it's sort of peanuts Plus, Activision can absorb it with all of Overwatch. I'm just thrown out there. So, I'm not yeah, worried about
1: that. I sort of want to get around to trying Overwatch because of the new hero. Uh, I, Ooh, yeah, so, the new healer. You like him. Yeah, it. We, might okay, it okay. we might break it up. We might break it out. But speaking of new, Tencent in the building. Let me. We, we got to hit this proper because if you're not aware... We, Lilo well, and I have found the ability whoop, to whoop, whoop, hear each other's sound cues for the first yes. time I in can, the history I of can, this I series. Can, <laughs> and Let's fucking out, stand. Accordingly, but
0: mm-hmm. Tencent. Epic, legendary. Sorry, I got excited. Sounds about
1: right because Tencent has unveiled a new cloud gaming service uh, that oh, sort of came out of nowhere. Shit. It's called Tencent Instant Play and it's going to be... Uh, Available on PC and Android and created in partnership with Intel. It'll be officially revealed at GDC this later this month. It's going to be a crazy, crazy fucking uh, conference, especially with what Microsoft is going to show and hopefully with the uh, Nintendo Switch app. And God, Microsoft has a year coming up, which shout out. Yeah, Eventbrite. Baby. Link is in the oh, bios.
0: Hey, Microsoft, Partners. Microsoft,
1: let's go. You know we've been team Microsoft since day one. Don't check yet.
0: <laughs> Post uh, E3 of last year, we definitely were. Yeah, we were. E3 of
1: 2018, yeah,
0: we that's when you, you captured our hearts again, not gonna lie. Yeah. Just like, hey, we're that's buying all the shit. That I, you I told Solo, too, just remember, go back and listen to our episodes. I was like, Solo, I think they killed it. And you're like, nah. Okay, maybe. Hardly. I said, if anything,
1: they gave up. They gave up the rest of this uh, console race and decided to commit to next. And it's the smartest thing they ever did. But they're coming out with the service out of nowhere. Uh, Not surprising. It's going to be huge. Uh, I think if they tap into the Asian cloud gaming market, they might even be able to create another. Multi, multi, multi billion dollar uh, business in Tencent, which will probably spin off and call something else. So, dude, yeah, exactly. It's gonna make they're, a they're whole make lot money. of money. I'm excited to, to see how much money it makes. But as
0: long as their games aren't blocked
1: yeah. or censored, <laughs> seriously, but that'll probably happen anyway,
0: right? All right. So when you bring in a company, it obviously changes things, right? And that's usually what happens, especially when you start up a service. Well, that's exactly what happened. I just want to cover this relates to what Tencent is doing, that there's a streaming service in America that we know very well. It is the foremost thought when you think of gaming and streaming, and that is Twitch. Well, if you don't remember, Twitch was bought out by Amazon a few years back, and I just want to detail some of the highlights of that whole partnership and really what, what changed the industry. So like, The origins of Twitch is that it started out with justin.tv, and justin.tv was essentially sort of a a vlog, a vlog of this guy's life, and there's about 10,000 content contributors to this guy's life, and it's Justin. And you went around doing this, and then it was a free service that allowed you to go ahead and stream yourself doing real-time activities. And that was the first and foremost, this is back in 2007. This evolved into Twitch, which was created in 2011. All right? And when Twitch was created, uh, it was for people to broadcast games. It realized that like the gaming industry was booming and people wanted to see other people play games and enjoyed that. So Twitch started then, grew, and then attracted the attention with its growth of two big companies, namely Google and Amazon. You might have heard of them. I don't know if you haven't. Uh, if you haven't, then I'm sorry. but you got some problems so google and amazon were vying for twitch's attention amazon ultimately won but when it won i think it it changed for the better and i I think twitch and this partnership with amazon was mutually agreeable it led to certain features, I think, that are great for content creators, but also for the viewers themselves. Um, When Twitch obviously was bought out, it was bought out for like over $900 million worth of cash, which if you don't know, like cash is literally that all gets deposited in the accounts like they get that money right away versus incentives versus percentage over time versus, oh, we valued your company at $3 billion, but we can only give you like 10% of that right now and that you'll get the rest of that money later. No, they got cash and they got all the services that came with Amazon. Amazon this is... A- biggest distributor in north america of goods they have this infrastructure and this product service and shipping service that's exactly what they brought to twitch so they started this twitch prime service because there's amazon prime the mutually beneficial things were that people who were watching streamers got twitch prime accounts aka they had to get amazon prime accounts which led to increased revenue for amazon they also got the delivery services so that the content creators when they were shipping merchandise can use the amazon delivery service you can get your shit in two days. This this mutually beneficial relationship meant that merchandising and content creators could distribute more to the consumers and to the fans of the industry, and they gave them clout, clout such that they actually stream NFL games on Twitch Thursday night. That that that's ultimately what it led to. Amazon gave Twitch the power and the clout to make deals with organizations that are worldwide known everywhere that Twitch never would have had access to and gave Twitch access to infrastructure. It's a details, It, it really it really shows what's gonna happen in partnerships and you got Google already doing this with YouTube gaming, right? They're trying to offer this infrastructure and change YouTube gaming to be a competitor, a direct competitor to Twitch and that's gonna happen. But hey, Tencent, this relates to just what Solo was talking about, Tencent has the ability to do this, but in China for sure. Just to yeah. take over China, maybe get into partnership with Alibaba, who knows. Just throwing out there, like
1: I doubt changing the games. Twitch will make any sort of dent in China. <laughs> Amazon, no, 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 it's...
0: Twitch won't. But I'm saying like Tencent is going to take over, and they could do it, especially with Alibaba's oh, infrastructure. They, yeah,
1: they. We had covered uh, a couple of months ago how Tencent had invested in two different uh, video chat services, and so. Anyway on to a little sorry. bit more about twitch which is actually fighting a little bit of uh a fair a fair an unfair ruling in which obviously the european union fair, fair unfair, confusing, unfair. Me, confusing i'm gonna go with unfair because i'm, I'm trying mm-hmm. i was trying to come up with my take on it for a while but the more i sort of sit on it more or less uh the european parliament is Voting on something called Article 13, which is in relation to copyright law, which you know, you know, it's Solo's favorite. And it is about how uh, the change would allow uh, IP holders to recoup more money if their rights are infringed. So basically, under the law twitch would be responsible not only for the content that they were posting but also any material that would be posted by its users and so you if you are not familiar with what a copyright infringement could bring it could bring a hefty fine and a whole lot of lawsuits and a whole lot of money and it you know on, you know, rightly so, Twitch is arguing the amount of money it would cost to create a filtration system, it would have to just flat out limit the amount of content you would be allowed to consume because if you have different media laws in the different countries in the U.S., it's not as big an issue, which one day we'll get into that in a final topic, but it's not as big an issue in the U.S. as it is over there, but they're trying to, you know, fight the law uh, from being passed or the legislation from being passed. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little difficult. I think to a degree, it's their responsibility to create a baseline filter and security you know system and security measurements for its users. But simultaneously, I don't think they should necessarily be held accountable for every piece of content a user puts up. But you mm-hmm. could also argue by nature of approving that user, they should be responsible because they're agreeing. But then by nature of the fact that the user violates the agreement that you impose, what can you do but create a punishment? I think
0: it's like burden of responsibility. Who does yeah. it lie on? Is it on the, yeah. the user? Or is it on the company and the the, exactly. the service so provider? You know?
1: That's, if you're I think smart, that's
0: literally what it is in law, yeah. burden of responsibility or something yeah. like that. Where does it fall? I don't know. It's like you have a duty to be a good citizen in the U.S., but it doesn't mean you need to love the government. Yeah. But at the same time, it's
1: like, what? But it's not written to the wall. So anyway, right, right, right. Uh, it's, a, it's a curious case, but you know, we'll follow up more on that. Uh, you know, it's an interesting case. And, you know, Maybe we'll start hosting some of these European Parliament members on the show as guests to see if we might be able to see what the direction actually is in terms of the winds of legislation for gaming over there. Okay. Anyway, I
0: that's all I that. Got for
1: that. Uh, what else? Um, what else we got in regards to the gaming shindigs?
0: Hey, yeah. Hey well, I was thinking of year. winning. Winning for gaming in general is important, um, and if you love gaming, you're probably gonna love watching it. And if you love watching it, you're gonna love sports. And if you love sports, well. Good news! If you like Hearthstone, there is a further detailed and revamped structure for Blizzard's Hearthstone esports system. So they decided that they're like going to revamp this into three increasingly exclusive tiers of competition. That's going to issue over four million dollars worth of prize money, and they're utilizing the same method that Dota is using, and the same method that League of Legends uses, and it is the crowd funding system to enhance the prize pool of selected tournaments. So. So, this next year in esports for Hearthstone from Blizzard, you're going to get three separate tiers of gaming, right? First tier is known as the Masters Qualifier. It's going to consist of weekly online tournaments. Each week during a Masters Qualifier season, Blizzard is going to operate 30 tournaments through an online organization. It's known as or Battlefy or Battlefly. really. It's actually Battlefy, but yeah. Winners of the competitions will gain points and pretty much be... Invited to the next tier which is called the masters tour. So the top players of the hearthstone events will qualify for master tour events and be able to go there and compete and uh, It's only going to be exclusive to the top 200 players in the games ranked ladder. So Once you do this, you'll have access to the in-game tournaments and you'll go around and in-person tournaments throughout the year will take place There's gonna be a base prize pool at some of these tournaments of 250k and that's gonna be the incentive to go and obviously the revenue is going to be split amongst all competitors but that's crazy if you win there the highest tier is then the hearthstone grandmasters those details have not yet been revealed but this is exciting this is changing the nature of esports and is showcasing sort of more availability to players to get into it right you have an opportunity to join the masters qualifiers and try to work your way up, and that is just, it's nice to know, instead of being like, oh, you have to be selected for a team, and guess what, you're now part of an Overwatch thing. No, like, you can enter these tournaments and work your way up, you can grind, you can be an outsider and still come in, and that's very cool about this. Yeah, and I like that I structure. Yeah, I agree.
1: So, it, it, it creates a, a more flat structure, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it It's also the nature have, of the
0: game they're playing, but that's- no, It, never it doesn't have
1: as many restrictions, which brings us to our next story, which brings us back to Tencent. And this is, uh, you know, in... Gotta play it. Uh, in relation to a continuing trend of uh, policies that they've made uh, following a government crackdown on gaming. Because if you have been unaware, as we said probably on every every other episode, that China has started blaming gaming for corrupting the youth. And... Uh, and... <laughs> therefore you know tencent and myopathy, right having isn't that what
0: they're claiming or something like what that?
1: happened Wait, is myopia, it myopia i think it was it myopia myopia yeah, yeah. yeah you're right you're right, you're right. contributing to myopia is a phrasing which i love phrasing but uh they, you know, in response, Tencent basically had to, oh, you know, implement a bunch of uh, government friendly policies that, you know, created restrictions uh, on some of the gamers. And this has now come uh, down as well, which is that Tencent will be introducing a digital lock system that will lock out players under the age uh, of 13 and the game will initially only apply to PUBG Mobile in honor of Kings and across a few Chinese cities. And then uh, when the lock takes uh, effect, it will require a parent or guardian to unlock the game for them to play. And Tension Gee is, it, you know, using technology such as facial recognition and player ID checks. The player ID is being tied to the player's actual uh, identifications, which are tied to basically the social cards. Yeah. And the social cards are basically the... you. Are the basic are basically like your credit score and your linkedin and your facebook and basically your gmail everything every technology every social thing in your life and every important financial thing in your life and rating credit agency etc thrown into one batch of rating by the government of you as a human being and if you you know, so that's a great way to enforce some shit. But regardless of falling <laughs> down that falling down that rabbit hole, You're right? <laughs> um, oh Jesus, but, Jesus Lord. But yeah, um, so by doing that minority report level shit. They have decided to use that technology to lock out under thirteen year olds from playing PUBG Mobile. God, um, hey, can, give us a round of applause for technology. Whenever we get dude. groundbreaking technology like facial recognition, they're gonna do dumbass applications like unlock your phone. Don't let your kid play video games. It's like, for real, dog. Anyway, dude. Uh, it is uh, you know probably it bring Tencent back into the favor of the Chinese government. So expect. Uh, Major dough to be raining from them. Gotta love this coin sound cue.
0: Major dough, but also just like major implications for the people in China. Don't I don't even know. Like as you get on one side of the spectrum, you have someone who overregulates. There's like always the other side, which is like good news, I guess, for people in general. And this is coming from this is a story coming from the UK. I'm
1: just I'm just gonna uh, pause. pause you for a quick moment and say to right. the listeners we're gonna run long on this episode because rather than cut episodes or cut articles out from covering we're just gonna cover everything and make this because
0: you deserve 115
1: moves. on the dot like we said last time mm-hmm. so
0: that's actually what we did so yeah
1: yeah expect right. it coming so <laughs> And lo and behold, this episode might even be shorter than expected because just like last, just like last episode, Leo's sound has cut out, and it's just me. And and he's back in. And he's back, and yeah. he's back in. Quick. That was that was that was it's scary. Like when your I had controller to unplug, and unplug and you and you I have no scramble. idea what
0: happens. I don't know why my computer does this, <laughs> but as you're we saying, two sides of the coin, and like, we're not going to skip any beats. Not going to extend this anymore. Uh, Story coming out of the UK. Uh, think of diversity. Think of what we are trying to represent at PLG. There's someone else who's trying to do it across the pond, and that is POC in Play. It's a video game industry insiders that are launching this new diversity initiative, and it's an organization to give support and encourage representation of people of color in UK game development. Uh, so naturally, let me this let me have this article because it is something happy and something that I believe that is needed in the world, but at the same time if you follow the story and understand what they're trying to do, there's obviously long-term goals for the initiative. However, it is much more of a support group right now. It's as if you're gathering all these people who have a say in the matter, but they're not trying to alienate anyone else out. And if you are one of the lone rangers in your group or company that happens to be a person of color and there's no one else to talk to, this is the or this is the organization that you can turn to, to air out your grievances or talk about things like that nature. So like, I don't really have too much about this. This deserves a much longer and broader topic, but it's not something that we need to cover here per se. I think it's a, a cool initiative and it's encouraging diversity and diversity is fun. I think diversity is important. Diversity offers perspective and diversity will, you know, honestly, it's weird to say, but diversity will eventually unite us all, realizing that people aren't so different than you, even though they look different than you. That's it.
1: The, the people, people who like games are for are diversity. For diversity
0: I feel Anywho. Like.
1: Anywho, on to our next and closing out, or not even closing out, close to closing out our quick scope. Uh, we have the head of xbox phil spencer discussing on geekwire how consoles don't make you money but games do and we can it's touch in relation one, to okay. the fact that xbox is going to be you know obviously releasing its xbox app on all on ios android and even nintendo switch and PC as well, I believe. If I'm, it's already on PC. But uh, having you know the ability, you know, in his mind, if you do something like that, what are you going to be sacrificing? You're going to be sacrificing console sales because you're not exclusively selling the the hardware. But you know, as he rightfully says, you're not really making money there anyway. But what you really make money on is selling games and selling access to games and in-game content. So if you have like they did. If you have to always go outside and and um, contract a third party to be creating these games for you, then you're not going to be making money. But if you go and you buy all of these companies up, like Microsoft did, and you bring them in-house and you're making the games in-house, then your expenses are lower. And if the games are making hits, you're going down. to be making more money directly in pocket. And, you know, it... Is fair. It, I, you know, it's a, it's fair, you know, in terms of uh, business acumen to say that it's smarter to, you make, know,
0: smarter to make in-house,
1: the yeah. right move to make. But again, that depends on scale, and the scale still is sort of tied to selling consoles. And so, if you don't have enough games, then you know you're sort of shot yourself in the foot two different ways. And that was one thing that you could say is the difference between physical and digital sales as well, which is if they end up moving to the Games Pass model, who's to say Games Pass doesn't just keep slowly increasing in you're cost so that you're you're soon enough. Okay. Right now, it's what, $10.99? 10, 10, oh, oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah. It started nine ninety nine. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's going to be the Netflix. It'll be 14 in no time.
0: I mean, like when I say Netflix, you know. I mean the Netflix model of increasing the price. Yeah.
1: It, 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 it's the same as everything. Its prices will keep increasing as the market catches up and its competitors are able to spring. But for now, it's a smart move. And I agree, not everyone wants to pay 60 bucks to be able to play. Sometimes they want to debate pay, <laughs> paying 19 yes. for Mario Double Rabbids 100%, 100% Kingdom.
0: 100%. And Lilo endorses it. I say yes. Which? I say
1: yes. Should sure. I? Yes. We're going to buy it. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just want to. I want retail therapy right now, but I can't buy. It. I'm not going to buy it on the Switch because I'm not going to buy it. Rather on digital, I'm not going to go into the store and buy it because it's on sale everywhere. Ubisoft's oh having a, a pretty cool sale. Don't even tell cool me this because I was already debating buying
0: some stuff. So, with that being said, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap up Quickscope. Yeah, that was. I heard that. I heard Ubisoft. that. I didn't want to say anything. Didn't want to call you out on the first the, Ubisoft. I said yeah. Uba. Ubisoft U-B- is it Ubisoft? You are soft. Yeah, Ubisoft. Ubisoft.
1: Ubisoft, uh, bro. All right, all right. Let's wrap this quick scope I'm up. I'm on you.
0: This last thing that we want to cover is something that hey. actually we covered last episode. And I covered Nintendo emulators, right? And how they're trying to bring emulators. Well, rather than they're trying to bring... Someone has already established that there is an emulator on the Nintendo Switch hidden in the background, okay? Uh... Also, we talked about how Xbox was planning on bringing its Xbox services over to Nintendo Switch. Well, guess what? Someone's just installed Windows 10 on the Switch. It's hilarious. So this version of Windows 10 is actually supposed to, or rather was designed to run on, it's called an SOC, which is called a system on a chip. It's a lower powered version of the OS and it's running on the ARM based system on a chip. So SOC. Um, The same person has developed a method to put essentially Windows 10 on the Raspberry Pi. And so they did the same thing on the Switch. And realistically, it's only the first step. They have actually their code and their data on GitHub. And you can check it out there if actually you're interested in this kind of stuff. But the point of bringing up the story is that there are people out there who are going to crack this code of any piece of hardware you have and essentially make it open for others to gain access to. Right? Is that bad? I don't think so. Windows 10, hilarious um microsoft is obviously already going to bring that to you (laughs) this version of the emulator this version of the os is apparently super buggy and just doesn't run well so expect it's a microsoft to respond to this news i would say and reveal plans for them to port over not the os as a whole but of the xbox services and really like you're not going to fucking go on use your Switch as a computer because there's laptops that do that better and are designed for that. You're going to use your Switch to play games. And so once Microsoft is like, hey, guess what? You have the Xbox Marketplace on the Switch now and it's perfect and we've worked out a deal with Nintendo. Like, you're not going to worry about someone who's just booted into a Switch. I think it's, it's funny. It's just give people enough time and they will find a way to break your shit. <laughs> break into your shit. All right. <laughs> And with that, that yeah. is the end of quick We Fact. are only Fact. eight minutes over.
1: And a quick, a quick, a quick con- congratulations to Shakita for being the first woman drafted Epic in the NBA Legendary. 2K league. Shout Legendary. out to Warriors Gaming uh, for picking her. Uh, shame on the league for not picking her sooner. And she's gonna light it up. And. We're going to have our intro sometime, hopefully, uh, game to game talk game. about, uh, you know, yeah, man, and man, honestly, that's the ass that she but, plans yeah. to kick in the upcoming season. But, anywho, uh, now, on to a little bit of something. On anyway, ha, I'm going to do that. That's going to be it. I mean, it's going to be an exciting intro that cuts into not excitingness. Anyway. Ooh, on to more legal. And in this case, oh, no. Epic on, facing Epic. another lawsuit, which... Do
0: you have the money to handle this? Granted,
1: uh, it's very serious this time around. A man has accused them of... Uh, in court of not telling him what is in the law. Is that real? Law. And <laughs> is seriously, that real? Basically, basically it's just how... <laughs> in the game, save the world co-op mode... Uh, the loot boxes are uh, designed as llamas and when you purchase them with V bucks, which can be purchased with real dollars you don't know what is or what was going to be in the box and there was no way to disclose uh, the odds of what was going on because in the us unlike in democracies and transparent areas like china we do not force companies to disclose the odds of loot boxes in games not and yet. so You know, recently that did change. However, Epic decided to uh, disclose uh, the odds as well as show before you purchased the llamas what was in them, but the lawsuit, which doesn't doesn't mention the recent change, I still think has merit. It's not going to go anywhere, but it's fair to say, you know, the loot boxes thus far have been designed in a relatively child-friendly manner. And I think that's sort of done on purpose and child friendly being the designs and colors and the sounds and the cues like there's a reason Fortnite sells like speak to the kids like the skins are part of it. And there's no way to sort of really get the amount of V bucks you need to consistently buy the skins, which aren't like, you know, two bucks, they're each 10, 15 dollars and they're releasing skins on a 72 hour basis. This, you know what I mean like they're they're caking 24 money, hours money, every 24 money, hours it cycles money. to a new one people are just buying 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 there's a reason it's a billion dollar company but or the game has raked in billions of dollars but they're gonna laugh the is going nowhere to and, uh, and that's a shame laugh that shit out of court yeah what can you do anyway that's about all I got it's a hilarious lawsuit I will follow up with it to see if it doesn't get dismissed from court But otherwise, (laughs) it was just worth mentioning that the line of he was suing to not know what was in the llama. because for those unaware,
0: what's in the box? What's in the box? I wish I had a fucking sound cube.
1: (laughs) What in the box? Oh wait, sound cubes. I need. I need some Arrested Development sound cubes. I think I blew myself. You can do it. But now. Yes, I hear Don't it. Hit it. This is
0: great. It is the game spotlight, baby, and it's actually the gaming spotlight this time around. So, two weeks out um, from our last episode, instead of covering a game, you guys are probably chock full of games you're currently still playing. If you're anything like us, we got a whole bunch going on. But this is a cool story that we came across, and it is something that has been on a lot of friends of ours' mind as well that we wanted to cover. So it, it is actually how much is it going to cost to build a PC that is as powerful as the consoles you know and love, aka the Xbox One or the PS Pro? Uh, This is actually a direct correlation to the Xbox One X, but um, there's a nice story on gamingbolt.com that covers a build, a standard build, as the specs are laid out online for an Xbox One X and getting as close as possible to that. So as we go through... The whole, um, I'm just going to go through the parts list and sort of give you a brief overview of why you need what you need. So like first and foremost, in any computer type uh, hardware, you're going to need RAM, right? Random access memory. In this particular case, the equivalent that's found in your Xbox One X is 16 gigabytes of RAM. So they're talking about 16 gigabytes of Patriot DDR4 at 266, megahertz. This is running you 100 um they try to match performance as well as price no, not price they try to match performance as close as possible but obviously there's no like this is a user's logic versus the consumer or versus a, a big corporation so let's go through your gpu is going to be the xfx 580 xxx edition this is 200 bucks um The goal was to match the Xbox One X's performance, and it is the closest analogs to the six teraflops that you're expecting from Xbox One X. This is 6.2, so a little bit more than you were expecting, but let's go on from there. The CPU is the Ryzen R3 2200G that retails at $95 right now, and it's just a CPU. It has to run everything. You got a brain. And this is the brain of the Xbox One X and it's very equivalent. The storage is a WD Blue 1TB 720RPM HDD. If you don't know, for HDDs in general, it's where you're storing your actual information from your computer or any electronic device onto a drive that spins, and there's different categories. so. Blue is like a medium tier, I'd say. Um, black is one of the best that you can get for gaming. Black spins at a faster RPM rate. So the faster the RPMs are, it means the more data can be read at any time, which means the faster games will load. So different colors mean different things. In this case, blue medium tier, They're saying 7,200 RPM is the equivalent. This is 48 bucks. Uh, the motherboard where you connect all these chips and fancy things to is an Asus Prime A320MK that retails at 60 bucks. The PSU power supply unit is a Seasonic s 12 That's also 55 bucks. Uh, keyboard and mouse, and this is adding peripherals, of course, keyboard and mouse, they're doing a Logitech uh, MK550. You get 44 bucks for that. Xbox wireless controller, 40 bucks for that. You got the operating system because every console has an operating system. That's 140 bucks, and that is Windows 10. Um, you need to connect to the internet although the motherboard is gonna have an ethernet port this is the Wi-Fi dongle and the Wi-Fi dongle is it's actually dirt cheap it's ten bucks so that's pretty simple and to wrap it all up you're gonna need a case the case for this bad boy they've argued that the case equivalent is the therm thermal take versa—and and that is 40 bucks a total price for this console including peripherals keep in mind would be $827.99 the equivalent. Now, the benefit of this is that you get a console that operates Windows. Windows means you can download Xbox Marketplace, which means you can play Xbox games. That's great. The caveat is here, um, you don't actually need all those peripherals. Okay. So that price actually drops down. However, the price is still $600. Whereas the Xbox One X retails at. And what that brings to mind is that um, according to the consumer marketplace, as it stands, if you're going to buy parts individually, you would still pay more money out of pocket than you would for a current Xbox One X to get the same technical performance. Why is that important? And what does that tell you? Well, it tells you that in the gaming industry the console developers those guys subsidize the cost for the consumer and why do they subsidize the cost because they're first party they're the same ones who are making games for that console which means they're going to get the money back in games as solo was covering before as we've mentioned many many times you make money in games and as phil spencer or the xbox the business head whoever Solo was talking about you make money in that aspect so the company is willing to subsidize the cost and take a loss on every console to sell more games and push the product out there. Does this strategy sound familiar? It fucking should, because we covered that in the history of Nintendo, right? In console wars, Nintendo and Sega. Sega took a loss, took an L on every console it was selling just to get them into homes so they can compete with Nintendo and the popularity of Nintendo. This is not a new strategy, but it's an important one that consumers should understand when they're debating the prices, debating whether or not they need it. If you don't have 500 bucks, by the way, that's steep, and don't get me wrong, I am I feel for you, I understand, especially if you're a young kid and you don't have a job and you're hoping for Christmas that you get it, but like, yeah, if you're debating it from a technical perspective, from a dollar per performance perspective, it's worth the money, man, it's worth the cash. And if you got it, and if you're a fan of gaming and it makes you happy, absolutely do it. That's all I got. I actually thought that was a pretty cool article. It, it reinforces, how consoles actually help you, right? How how the game developers aren't that bad. What do you think, Sola?
1: <laughs> At first I was confused, <laughs> go, go ahead. but then I thought strategical. I will be honest. I walked up he got fucking in the cookies. middle of a segment and went and got Girl Scout cookies. He says, I'm, I'm going to get myself <laughs> get him <in> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was sitting here the whole episode and I was starving. I was like, you know, I have a sleeve of Thin Mints in the freezer, and here's a great opportunity. So, Instead of being like, "Hey Lilo, I'm gonna go get some cookies," I was like, "Hey Lilo, I gotta go <laughs> pee." And then, go pee. Cookies. And and then I ran them, downstairs, and one guy cookies. So didn't him I didn't hear Either way, it was delicious. If you are unaware, and you're like, "Oh, I don't like mint," like I don't like thin mints, Whatever chocolate you have in life, just put it in the goddamn okay. freezer, and it'll okay. be delicious. He's a he's really a he's a back. Seriously. Uh, anywho, now. I'm a chocolate guy. Lilo is more of a gummies guy, which I bought gummies and I was eating them. And then I'm like, this is how you get diabetes because <laughs> this, is this literally shit's not natural. Diabetes, yeah. Like, there's no way for your body to, to you be, be deconstructing too. this shit. Yeah. Bro, you think it
0: comes chocolate out of chocolate? Chocolate will not give like you that? diabetes the same way me? that,
1: like, gummy bears <laughs> will. Doctors, Dr. Doctor gamers, Dr. Gamers, hit That's us, us, us up if you are a listener and you're a doctor. Are <laughs> gummy bears and chocolate, like, are, are they like is is it like the shot right, beer right. like wine glass it? comparison like a gummy beer, a chocolate and, and a Skittle they all do the same
0: thing to your body they fuck it up moral of story is like oh shit yeah you right <laughs> yeah at the end of the day moral of story you
1: die which um anywho now before we make this an hour and a half episode that's right it's the final lap times and. This was a topic we've been actually sitting on for a while. We've been meaning to talk about, and it is why does Nintendo not port more often? And I say this because recently it was brought to my attention that Final Fantasy Nine was coming out for the Switch. And when it released, I was very excited because I read Final Fantasy 9. It was actually funny enough, the first Final Fantasy game I played. But apparently to people, it's like the best game ever. But I never played 7. I never played 8. And then I played 9. And then I played 10. And then I didn't play any other ones. But 9, I never finished. And so, 9, I've been meaning to get back to all these years. And now that it's there, I sort of wanted to play it. But... Then I started reading some reviews talking about how the aspect ratio was off because they just sort of used the mobile version down to the fact that even the battle screens are the mobile versions of the battle screens. And that is sort of lazy. I feel like there would be a minimal amount of change that you would need to be able to refine that minimal amount of change to be able to refine that and Anyway, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna let Lilo jump in and give a little bit of take as to why, as I was saying, Nintendo is so fucking lazy that they decided that they want to just take it from mobile directly. And if that's the case, why don't they just take all the Game Boy games that are just See, as easy to just put on the Switch and make that it work? I,
0: I do think... I, I do want to believe, as a fan, that Nintendo has... Uh, They have a plan, right? Everyone wants to think they have a plan, but the other aspect to this whole thing is that every port you want, like, it takes time and effort. And I think the biggest thing holding people back is that no port is directly one for one. It's not like you can magically just put the same code into something and then like, there's an automatic transformation and trade off into, boom, it's now upgraded and more beautiful and whatever. Like it takes time and investment and companies are always waging that battle. They're always waging that battle between how much how much effort is required to port this and how much revenue, return of investment am I gonna get out of this thing? And do you really know? No, you're playing the futuristic game. You're playing foresight. You're playing, honestly, you're playing odds really and people's perspective of the company and whatnot. And like, I was gonna bring up this whole, this whole battle of like ports in general, of like modern ports, trying to bring them over to the Switch. And you were talking about They're digitizing board games and bringing them to the Switch. It's a perfect console. Why? Because it didn't take a lot of hardware to utilize these games or play these games. But you're talking about like trying to play Halo on the Switch. That's a point I made before. The Switch just can't handle it sometimes. The Switch is not as powerful as our current PS4 or Xbox consoles. And so if you're porting modern games in that sense, it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It's not feasible. Literally, it's not feasible because the game cannot be supported and not be scaled down enough. So between those two points, I do think that Nintendo is weighing these these pros and cons of every port they could possibly have. And I know I took it in a little bit different direction than what you were saying. Like we're more both thinking, we originally started this conversation thinking like old school ports, like they're old IPs and why didn't they bring any of that shit new when just upgraded? It's just like any remake, remaster, takes time, takes effort. And then of course, there's the hardware limitation for modern games. And I think both those things just they fuck, they fuck with people's perspective. You think as a fan, you want this, like this is gonna happen. Then when you play it, like, I don't know.
1: I do because I know I want fucking Spyro for the Switch and I do not understand why no one has given me Spyro on the Switch. And I blame them for my misunderstanding that it was coming out on the Switch in the first fucking place, but that's not the point. The point is I, I the point is at what point does no one come up and say, "Yo, maybe we should just do this like Final Fantasy IX on the Switch. I'm going to buy because it's a great idea." That is a game that if it was not mobile like, like the reason, so this was a debate we were just happening, right before the show i wanted to buy final fantasy 9 on the switch but the fact that it was this mobile port and no sort of this sort of still ps1 s graphics made me hesitant to be like ah fuck it it's not worth it but the ps the ps the ps4 version of it was you know too crisp too refined but as much as i loved it I can't make it go mobile and part of I think the joy in playing Final Fantasy 9 will be the option if I'm on a train to put on headphones and play it whereas I don't think I would enjoy the experience even if the graphics are better necessarily sitting down and <laughs> I need a pooing game and so shout out Final Fantasy and Mario Dude, Rabbits it because is, it's you become awesome. my pooing game sorry books. I'm taking a break. No, no, and I'm looking just like showed me a game the on the screen. Whole I can't list see what it is. What game is games. that?
0: You and I are fans. Are you playing I know you can't see, but yo, Final Fantasy IX is only 21 bucks on the store. Final Fantasy VII, they're advertising for 16 as a pre purchase. Final Fantasy X and X2, I didn't realize they're porting those over. So, my whole argument about you're not being able to port over these games, like the ones for PS1, PS2, you could totally do, okay? Just throw it out there. The ones for PS3, PS4, you, it's like it's getting harder that just ah i'm so ratchet
1: and clank sly cooper bring Dude, all of those sort of cooper. fun platformer, platformer games that came would be to exist
0: like, at PlayStation that playstation and sony are different enterprises and that's where I'll, who owns the rights like i think there's just bureaucracy maybe that's what it's limiting it bureaucracy it's who makes these decisions mans that's where you come in right who makes these decisions
1: who makes these decisions? The answer will always be the other person. No, I can't give you the other person's <laughs> phone number. I can leave them a message. They'll call you back. And then you start over the process. But whenever you restart the process, there's always someone new and they have no information about any of the previous calls you ever made. So that's how it works. So I'm sure Sony's just like that. Nintendo calls them, they're like, yo, we should partner. They're like, Absolutely. We'll get we'll get that we'll get it over to the manager. And they like calls <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, goes exactly. right back to they it just And a circle change. around. They're like, hey, this is Kathy again. And they're like, Oh, Kathy, I just tried to leave a voicemail. So, oh, okay, just God, leave me a message, yeah. I'll call back. Three weeks later, all of a sudden Microsoft pulls up to Nintendo and then they actually have a partnership. And so I wanna see what Nintendo gets out of it. Hopefully they get the technology to be able to port the goddamn the support. Pokemon games. Because I want to play yeah, all the Pokemon games, but I don't want to get a Game Boy. Yeah. I want to just it, it, sit down on my Switch and be able to play before it.
0: Before the lifetime of the Switch is over, for sure. I think you'll get that, but you just might need to wait.
1: I think right? it will so be announced two, alongside we the new Switch.
0: Because mm-hmm, we're headed to Curve. of
1: the Curve. Yeah, because... Uh, Nintendo, shout us out. We know you want to partner with someone, and we're looking to partner with you. Anywho, Leo has to go walk his dog. I have to do nothing. Dude, I, I think, to I'm, go 15, 15, I think 16, I'm gonna go chill. or something. something uh, like which that. I'm almost done with. One seventeen, but I don't have work till. Don't of give a shit. Day, time I tomorrow. still got work and, That fucking sucks. Freedom and shout out to one a Trace, uh, who's uh, getting married. We it's got the bachelor party coming up at the mm-hmm. end of the month. It's going to be popping. Uh, we were just talking about it. So. Keep doing what you're doing, kid. Uh, shout out to Beezus. Uh, shout out to Oof. my brother right and I'm our brother right. company. You.
0: Hey, got him.
1: <laughs> hey, and sh- shout no, out to Lilo's did. brother, did, actually. who just starred in Aquaman. <laughs> and shout out just to Lilo's other brother. Money in Texas. Who...
0: Just, he's just making money in Texas.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. He's a jerk, but he's, he's a jerk cool. but he's cool. And his wife's cool, too. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations on your daughter. All righty, then. Anywho, enough pointless rambling. We're going to get out of here because I'm tired at this point, and that's why I keep talking. I hate you. And we always got to roll, actually, so I'm just holding him up. Peace We love. Uh, Let's keep it tradition Thank you in for tradition. dealing with us On our two See week hiatus.
0: Obviously quick scope Went a little bit long And we had some extra Talking to do But we appreciate being back Being back on the fucking horse Bringing you some more Exciting events in the future We got more merchandise Coming out And we have Much bigger plans Yeah March 17th March 17th March 17th Mall On Long Island In Huntington be sure to uh go to the eventbrite and check out the details there if you got friends please bring them the more the merrier you can show up and you can play and it should be wonderful so uh with that being said